Hello and welcome to the For the Win podcast. I'm Ted Berg. It's Friday, and I'm joined on the line by Hamel Javeri. Hamel, how are you? I'm great. Did you forget my name for a second? I like that long. No, I just I was like, how am I going to introduce Hamel? I feel like people should know you by now. I was going to say producer, but you know, you're so much more than just I'm a producer. So much more than that, right? So how I are just you? I just paused and panicked and then said your name. <laughs> I was. I thought maybe it would. I thought maybe it would seem like a dramatic pause, right? Like people would be like, "Who's it gonna be? Who's it gonna be?" Oh, it's Hemel. Oh, it's Hemel. It's always her on Fridays. Bad news. Sorry. (laughs) Um, It's going well. How are you? I'm good. Are you in Cape Cod? I'm not. I'm back. I'm back in New York. I was up in Cape Cod uh, starting on Monday until last night. I was uh, up watching Cape Cod League games, which were very cool. Um, I'm writing about them as we speak. That's awesome. Uh, it was pretty fun. It was a. It was not the worst way to spend a work week. I'll say that much. Oh yeah. Um, but now I actually have to do the work part, and that part is harder. <laughs> um, yeah, it would be fun just to hang out and then be like, oh, "Okay, cool, that was done." Right, right. If I could just be like, "Yeah, well, now I now like now I know more about the Cape Cod League." <laughs> do I have to share that information or no? Um, because yeah. if I didn't, I would have the best job ever. I have a really good job, <laughs> but part of it means like you you gather the information and then you have to come up with a compelling way to share it, and that is more difficult. Um, but we're gonna try. I'm gonna try, and we have some questions for. From the internet. All right, let's take those questions. Uh, we got two from Charles, as almost always. Uh, we'll start with one of them. Who is, this is from at by Charles Curtis, uh, our colleague Charles Curtis. He wants to know, who's the athlete you most irrationally love at the moment that it seems like no one else does? Do you have a pick? Uh, I mean, I think that so- some people other than me would say that I have an irrational love for Mike Trout, but I would maintain again that that is I knew you were going to say Mike Trout. Well, no, I'm just saying that that is a perfectly rational thing. So I don't, yeah. I don't buy, I would not deem the term, I would not deem that irrational. I would say for irrational, uh, a couple of guys in baseball that jumped to my mind. Uh, one is a reliever for the Astros, who I've written about a bit, uh, named Chris mm-hmm. Davinsky, who. Uh, they haven't been using him like this in the recent, uh, like the last couple of weeks, but is a rare relief pitcher who is both dominant and can be used for multiple innings at a time. And I think it's awesome. It's really fun to watch. I think it's super exciting when he gets into a game, uh, and it's and that you can like you know put a guy in in the seventh inning and have and shut the other team down for two innings is awesome. Super valuable. Uh, I know. I think he still would like to be a starter. But it's cool to have this like ninety inning relief guy uh, mm-hmm. as an as so I like that and and plus he's just kind of fun to watch. And the other guy sort of on the same token. Uh, there's a reliever on the Texas Rangers, and this is like I think probably even fewer people know this guy, but named Alex Claudio, who is a left hander and he throws with this really really funky delivery. And sort of looks like the type of guy you would see used as like a lefty specialist, like just coming in to get a left-handed batter. But the Rangers uh, use him effectively, again, as like a multi-inning relief pitcher. And what's cool about him is that in addition to having this like sort of weird, funky delivery, he only throws his fastball like 86 miles an hour, which is at this point like almost unheard of in baseball. Just everyone throws hard. It it used to be, you know, you could get by as a bullpen lefty throwing high 80. 
80s, but uh, now everyone throws hard, and he just doesn't, and, and it works for him. He's been really good for, for two full years now and was pretty good before that. Uh, so I always I always like those guys, like especially the guys without the exceptional physical tools who manage to make themselves good are fun. And then on the flip side, I also like the guys who have just exceptional physical tools, like John Carlos Stanton, that I can watch hit the ball 700 feet. Oh, those are pretty pretty good. I I think I had pegged you for Mike Trout right away. Well, but, but that's I not irrational. Do. There's nothing irrational about that. He is like literally the best player ever. <laughs> like there's nothing irrational about you, liking yeah, the best. You don't have to get you don't have to get defensive with okay. me. I totally get it. Uh, I will pick. Um, my pick is actually Colin Kaepernick. I think that I obviously but, I have a. Do you think no one else likes Kaepernick? No, I think that he's definitely a hot topic, right? Yeah, like, he's I think people definitely yeah. controversial. So I don't think it's um, like you. I don't think it's like irrational, and I don't think that I'm the only person in the world. But he, you know, there's plenty of people out there that don't like him. Um, oh yeah, and I actually there's, like him. There's there's plenty of people who I would say that there's probably a lot more people who really don't like him than people who really like him. Yes. And right? like I feel like even like the the like a lot of the people who are sort of on his side are like, well, yeah, I mean, people should have a right to express themselves. And it seems like BS that he doesn't have a contract, um, but not like I love this dude. He's the best. Yeah, I, I think that a lot of people like might be lukewarm, but I have an irrational kind of love for him just because of what he's put himself through voluntarily for the past uh, season and a half season or so of, of play where he very much knew that he was like potentially sacrificing his football career to take a stand for his political beliefs, which is incredibly admirable. Um, more in the spirit of Charles's question, maybe is probably a, the goalie for the crap. He used to be with the Carolina hurricanes, but then he got traded uh, Eddie Lack. He is mostly just because of his personality. Like he's an incredibly fun goalie, and he's very much uh, not really a starting goalie, right? He's all he's kind of been the backup goalie for a lot of different teams, um, and he is. Uh, gosh, where is he? It's so hard for me to even figure out where he is now. I think he got traded from Carolina to the to the Calgary Flames, right? So kind of like a journeyman goalie, um, but it's mostly his personality personality that just makes him super fun so i have like an irrational love for for eddie lack <laughs> uh oh i'll throw in another one i got another one i, I thought of uh okay. there's a dude and again this is like a, a like a very little known baseball player but uh there's a dude in the oakland a's system he played on the major league team uh both this year and last year for for a time and mostly two years ago he was a he was a regular there uh named mark canna and in his like first interview that I saw that as a big leaguer, he got like a, a big hit early in a game, and he rattled off like all of the exact cliches from Bull Durham that that they're <laughs> told to use, and then he kind of smiled at the end, like he knew what he was doing, like and I thought that was, was dope. Yeah. And then it turns out, um, I I don't know how I got to like why I wound up on his Instagram page. 
but his Instagram is just all food, and he like fancies himself like a food reviewer as well. Um, now he's in the minors, so he's like he's I think he's in New Orleans. So the food pictures have been great. He's going to Nashville and stuff, and eating tons of good food. I feel like I wish I knew when he was in the majors that he was also reviewing food on the side because I would like to talk to him about it. I kind of hope he gets back uh, so I can find him in a clubhouse and ask him about food. I think that's awesome. Yes. I, those are the players that I have irrational love for are kind of, uh, you know, more personality driven than skill driven. Right. Um, yeah. I, I hear that. Uh, Charles also wanted to know, uh, if how, what he should name his fantasy football team. Oh, this, I, I, he asked when I saw that question on Twitter, I immediately hit a hard pass on it just because I'm terrible with fantasy football names and Charles is obsessed with his fantasy football team. Right yeah. Now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I haven't played in several years, uh, so I can't, I can't speak to trends in fantasy football leagues. Plus I don't know the players well, that well at this mm-hmm. point, as, as discussed, um, I think on the last show when Charles asked me to name a New York jet and I couldn't, <laughs> um, as, but I looked up, um, so, uh, so the way I, I don't know, I was always like, I, the default fantasy football league name is always just a, some sort of pop culture pun on right. a player on your team. So I just, I looked up the top 100 fantasy football players and came up with just, let's just top of my head. But, uh, Fournette Cation, Le- Le'Veon Rose, The, the Girly <laughs> Show featuring Tracy Jordan, T.Y. Webb, T.Y. Cobb, Neutral Milk Model Beckham Jr., DeMarco Polo, Remember Sammy Watkins, Michael Crabtree and Evelyn, Too Many Brandon Cooks, Prior Arrangements, Balala Land, and Can't Find uh, Edelman. Wait, so you thought up all of those? Yeah, I just wrote those. That was like right before the show. I just wrote those down. That was... Uh, I don't know. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm wow, in the. You're I'm, good with puns. Well, you're, you're here for Charles. I'm here for Charles. I don't know. There, you can come up with. I didn't. I didn't put a lot of thought into those. But I, I play bar trivia pretty frequently, and that's also like the same naming convention usually. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a lot more to play with because you can draw. It's not just like you don't have to just draw upon football players. You can just make any sort of pun, and that's a good bar trivia name. But I think I'm in that line of thinking a lot because we're trying to come up with our our team tends to switch names frequently i think you and charles are uh very into puns and charles makes like 90 percent of his dad jokes based on puns so uh yeah i would say that (laughs) so like for trivia purposes the 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 team names are not appropriate dad jokes they are inappropriate dad jokes um but you know i mean phallic baldwin that's a that's a funny <laughs> trivia team name. I don't know what else to tell you. Um, Michael Donato at CTAR wants to know. We so we have two questions along these lines. Uh, shockingly enough, uh, Michael Michael Donato wants to know what item, food or otherwise, would you stock up on first for a multi-month quote vacation to a secure underground <laughs> facility? Lots of doomsday questions this week. Yeah, I wonder why. I wonder what is happening in the world. Yeah, we'd be getting so many nuclear war questions. Um, I we have actually thought about this quite a bit. We being me and my sister, because we're crazy people who are not like doomsday preppers. We think about this all the time because we're crazy people. (laughs) Given the right nudge, we're (coughs) pardon me, we're heading in the direction of doomsday prepping for sure. Um, 
Well, like for practical purposes, it's going to have to be something like canned, but can survive a month that you can pretty much eat with your hands, right? Because you, this is assuming that you don't have access to like any kind of water or, or anything like that. Um, I'm not going to say something like MREs, I guess, because you can kind of just like shake those and then eat them. Wait, what are um, MREs? They're, so my sister is a defense contractor, right? So they're like military ready to eat packets. Like it's what the army gets. Oh, that's cool. (laughs) It's what like, yeah. So, oh God, I don't know. I, I don't know if I could pick just one thing because I feel I'd have to be very practical about it. See, I Um, I would say, I mean, if, if he said food or otherwise, so I would immediately say like ammunition, right? Like, like just if you have... Oh, because we know from The Walking Dead, like, you're going to always need more bullets. And if you have all the bullets, then, I mean, you can defend yourself. You can hunt, which is big, too. Although, who knows? I mean, it depends on the doomsday you, yeah, scenario, you can, right? It's, um, well, it sounds like a month in a, a bunker. I don't think you're going to be doing a lot of walking. No, around. you probably don't want ammunition if you have to spend a month in a, bu- a bunker. Like, you want to yeah. keep yourself away from that. But right. if... I mean, are we are we packing for the long haul, or are we just planning on a month here? Because if it's a month, well, it's like, oh, well, like, I'll just get a, a whole ton of... If it's a month, you can just get frozen food, and you'll be fine, right? Like, I'll just get a whole ton of frozen dumplings. I could eat those every night. I'll heat them up. I'll be fine. I can last a month. But, I can but do that's, it. Yeah, you're, but that's assuming that you have, like, access to a microwave or something. Like I've got... I, I mean, I've, I assume my bunker is, is pretty well set up. <laughs> and I, you, you could do it on a stove. You do it on a, on a pan on the stove. Yeah, so, I, it's so very your bunker easy. is your bunker actually is. Uh, oh, I'm living with, in like, like a classy bunker. Yeah, yeah. Can... No, no. You can get like a little like propane tank or something. Like I don't know propane how this tank. works. Okay. Uh, okay. I, I, uh, I I'm gonna. You know, the only thing I can think of is like Campbell's tins, like the the Campbell's like ready to eat vegetarian vegetable soup. I think it's I guns think... though. I think what you really want is just tons of guns. <laughs> Right, like that's that's really like if you're just trying to think about it practically for stocking up for end times, the like the main the most valuable thing is going to be guns, guns and ammo. Yeah, I mean, right, like you can because you can go. I mean, I hate to say it, and like I'm not I'm not out here to thieve, but like if you have enough guns, you won't have too much trouble taking other people's food. Okay, but in in the spirit of the question, I think so, is more if you had to just kind of survive on one food item for a month, like your kind of must-have, what would it be? Yeah, it's frozen dumplings. They're super easy it's to make. It's frozen dumplings. And, I okay. mean, it's, it's a crazy thing. To, it sounds nuts, but like when I – so my, my – the last apartment I lived in before I got married, there was no supermarket. Uh, mm-hmm. And the only place to buy food was this, like, sort of glorified deli um, that had, like, slightly larger selection than a normal deli, but not a supermarket at all. And they had really good frozen dumplings, and I honestly ate frozen dumplings for dinner, like, 80% of nights because uh-huh. I was living alone and, like, didn't – I don't know. It was just the easiest thing to buy and make. Okay, so you've actually proven that you can do that. Yeah, that you I can, can do survive that. just on frozen. Time. It's not the best. I mean, again, it's, it's just a month. If it was more than a month, I'd probably think more about like the long term health ramifications. Yeah, and I'd make sure I brought I brought like some soy sauce to dip it in. All right. Well, well, I guess you're right. I mean, oh. guns taking guns and ammo out of the equation. <laughs> right. I, I'm sorry. Like, I don't mean to sound <laughs> grim, but that's what you want. That's what you want. Oh yeah, no. We've we've gone through all the scenarios of like where we're gonna hide when we actually see the blast. <laughs> and it de- well, it depends on your, on what doomsday you're talking about too. Like nu- nuclear, true, true, true. Like you kind of, 
I don't know if I don't know if you need like because you if you can't go outside for a long time without dying, then who needs guns, right? Then like it's just about staying as strong as you can for when you can get outside. So then you could beat people up and take their food. Well, apparently you can you can go out pretty soon after a nuclear blast. Really? Because yes, I I'm not kidding you. I have done a lot of reading on this, and you generally need like most of the radiation dissipates within like 25 30 minutes. Like you're for real. You're suppo- yeah, for real. Like it's not like the the radiation is going to linger for like weeks and months. Like or in any way that is. Um, how inside? Like, super- how inside do you need to be to protect yourself okay. from it? Oh my God! I you're asking me all these questions. Like this is how paranoid we are. So <laughs> I can't according- believe you know this, but I'm psyched. No, about I it. do know this. It's your trust me. It's going to come in handy one day. Um, you have to be so. There's different like levels, right? If you're in a wood frame house, like right now, the top floor of our townhouse is you know regular siding wood frame that's only like a level 10 protection against radiation and if you are like underneath a bunker that's underground surrounded by brick or concrete that's like at level 100 so that's where you want to be you want to get to like an underground parking garage or like an actual underground basement uh that you know has like concrete or brick or something like that so So i our my building is brick and i am on the first floor am i how what am i looking at you're looking at like you're looking at like a fifty or sixty. So like, what does that mean? I don't. I I like, have like some time, like, or am I good? Well, brick. No. So this is so this is what they say, right? So if the and I've already done this. Like, there's maps on the in uh, there's on the internet where you can like calculate the blast brass, blast radius. Oh yeah, I've so done that. If yeah, you've done that. Right? <laughs> Obviously. So if yeah. it hits. If it hits DC, I'm about 12 miles away, which is like the very, which is within the perimeter, right? So you get radiation poisoning. Um, but you don't get floor, your house doesn't get leveled. Yeah, your house doesn't get leveled. You're just going to get like a lot of radiation. So mm-hmm. what they say is that if you are in, um, if you like, once you see the bomb go off, right? You've got about five minutes where if you can get to something that's more secure than where you are, you should make a break for it for like five minutes because you're on the first floor and you're brick. Brick is better than wood, so you're okay. So if you can get to, like, an underground parking garage or something within five minutes of where you are, you should do that. No, there's no parking in this area. That Yeah, or, but, don't you, <laughs> but don't you have a basement? Isn't there, like, a basement unit uh, or, there is or a, There's no – so there is a basement. Um, I don't know – I mean, I would need to find my super to access it. So, like, <laughs> if yeah. he is not being boiled alive outside, then <laughs> – I could grab him. He's usually around, so I could just grab him and and go downstairs. I guess that would be the option. But Our, otherwise, yeah, I mean, yeah, it sounds Our like that. Our laundry room is kind of like is built into the bottom, like so we're surrounded on. I would say probably three sides, okay, but like one side, <clears throat> you know, is a little shaky. So that's that. Like tw- like after a half hour, I feel like that's your window for yeah. looting. Right, because no one's gonna want to go outside. Everybody's gonna. Be, yeah. If that's true, that after a half hour you're good, then what you should really do is like after that half hour, just get outside and take everything. That's what I'm saying. That's your that's your window of opportunity. Because no one's no one else is gonna. Yeah, no one else is gonna be yeah, out. Yeah, everyone there. else thinks it's still too early, but basically they're like, yeah, twenty thirty minutes after after the bomb blast, you're 
going to get as much radiation as you would otherwise. It's a, li- it's a little concerning that it's like 20 or 30 minutes <laughs> that you don't have an exact time for I me. mean, maybe wait like 45 yeah, minutes. Yeah, I would probably safe. play it safe, like, like before yeah. swimming after eating or whatever. Just you want to <laughs> err on the side of caution. Um, All right, well, that's. That's my doomsday scenario plan. I got it. Uh, at Decon 90, uh, Derek, uh, he wants to know what athlete would you want to watch or share a sandwich with before nuclear war breaks out? Mm. I'm going to – are you going to say Mike Trout? Please don't say Mike no, Trout. No. I No. I mean with all, with all due respect to Mike Trout, um, no. I'm not going to say Mike Trout. Okay. Do you want to go first? Because I, I still got to think about this for a little for a Um, while. So I thought he said what athlete or star in the first question. So that um, – Well, you can you can give me your star. Well, so I was going to say it depends on like how close we are to nuclear war, right? Yes. Like if it's like yes. if it's like now or it's this is like kind of lingering threat and I want to share a sandwich with any athlete, I might – I mean there's a, there's a wide – variety of athletes and stars I'd really want to pick the brains of, right, mm-hmm. before the nuclear holocaust. <clears throat> um, so, like, obviously just, like, I think it might be boring, but, like, it would be so cool to talk to Michael Jordan for a while, just to, like, yeah. find out more stuff about Michael Jordan, just because he's a, such a megastar, right? I feel yeah, like... do you think he actually is super interesting to talk I, to at this point? Um... It depends. I, I'm sure it depends on how engaged he is. Like he's not. Mm-hmm. He's clearly not a dumb guy. Uh, right. So, so like I would hope that he has interesting things to say. It's just like, can you ask him the right questions to get him to say them? And like, are we so close to nuclear holocaust that like Michael Jordan is gonna share all of his secrets with me? Because that might be <laughs> cool. Um, but I feel like. Yeah, I feel like like really like you know when what's your get like five six hours away? It would be like well now it's Rihanna and like this you know like and then like as you're like twenty minutes away, it's Tim Tebow and it's just like bro save me like what do I have to do like save my soul and that's it. You're like you know what I'm ready to convert. Right, just whatever I have to do, Tim Tebow. You're the you're the closest line I've got. So please have this sandwich and pray with me before end times. Oh wow! You when push comes to shove, you totally caved. You're like you know what I'm in. At the end, it's just like yeah, whatever. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for everything I've done. All of my doubts. Just take me away, Tim Tebow. Just pray over me. So yes, I agree with you. I think a lot depends on like how close we are, but I think that I generally want to talk to an athlete who I think is just going to make me feel better about the situation, right? Like I tend to run pretty bleak. So I would probably go with like Steph Curry or LeBron James, because I think both of them would not just like share all their fun secrets and stuff like that, but would also like put the best positive spin on the situation. Do you feel Um, like, I feel like they might be like, and and this is probably the case for all my people too. They might be like, why am I with you right now? I'd like to be with my family. (laughs) Yeah, I I imagine a scenario in which we randomly get herded onto the same like fallout shelter bus or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, well, the only seat left for Steph Curry was right next to me. So here we are. Let's have a sandwich. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm thinking. Uh, yeah, I haven't given a lot of thought to the sandwich part because I feel like I'm going to be too too nervous to actually eat. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I would probably eat a lot. I think I would nervously be eating a ton. But I think Steph and LeBron are actually the two athletes who, even though I've, like, spoken to them briefly both times, I get the feeling that 
oh, if you could like actually have a conversation with them, they would actually be super cool. Um, so those those are my top two picks. Okay, I think that's reasonable. Yeah. So you, no, no Tebow, not like right close to the end, Tim Tebow, because I, I not think even, that's... <laughs> not even. Like I'm, I'm super. My my Jainism has been so ingrained in me. And it's just like, well, we're all coming back in an afterlife in different forms. So. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm not as certain. I would like Tim Tebow's <laughs> word for it. Um. So I yeah. Uh, <clears throat> oh. Uh, Support for the For the Win podcast comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. They understand that a home plays a big role in your life and family. That's why they created Rocket Mortgage. Rocket Mortgage gives you the confidence you need when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. It's simple, allowing you to fully understand all the details and be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. Whether you're looking to buy your first home or your tenth, with Rocket Mortgage, you get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. It's convenient. Our trusted partners allow you to share your your financial information with Rocket Mortgage at the touch of a button. And in addition to getting a real mortgage approval in minutes, you can even adjust the rate and length of your loan in real time to make sure you're getting the right solution for you. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Apply simply. Understand fully. Mortgage confidently. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com FTW. That's rocketmortgage.com FTW. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org. Number 3030. John Schwartz at John L. Schwartz one wants to know has a question for us. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I, I know what it is and I'm trying to rein in kind of the anger that's spewing out, but go ahead. Ask it. Is a hamburger a sandwich? <laughs> you, you so wouldn't I, even know. Would you, you know, know? You know what? You know what? I feel like since you are the sandwich expert, is this how you feel? Like, do you think this is how, um, like, athletes feel when they get asked the same dumb question over and over oh, and over Oh, be nice to again? John L. Schwartz, one. He's a, he follows the show. He's, he's well, all right. I, I, well, I will, I will rephrase that and say that it's, uh, let, me take a, let me take out the dumb, but the same, like, thematically related question over and over again. I mean, I don't really feel at all. So, um, so, but you know, this is a little twist. This is a twist. This is a twist on the, the same question, right? Um, I no, can't really answer it. I, well, I, I can't actually. I don't feel like an athlete. No, I, I don't. I, and, and maybe you see, like the, the thing is I am genuinely grateful for people who ask us questions on the internet. Like that's true. Like, it's not like, like, uh, like, look, this isn't, this isn't the most like compelling fodder for podcast <laughs> conversation. I think he's kidding, right? It's like kind of a joke question, but like, I am like, some, it's crazy to me. Like this is Twitter is good for this, right? That you can be like, Hey, ask me some questions. And people will be like, yeah, sure. Here's some questions. That's, uh, dope like uh, that's that's cool no, no that's that's totally dope i think that you're a much nicer person than i am and i think that john is maybe doing it deliberately deliberately to get under my skin um uh, i hope so um <laughs> and then in which case he he and i are on the same page um <laughs> uh, but but yeah i mean i i don't 
I wonder if maybe athletes at some point there is like yeah like part answering these dumb questions over and over again is like part of the thing and like hey at least I get to be a pro athlete this is I'm happy to do this because I get to play sports for a living. I, I they're much better at it than I would be because I'm like no I'm I'm not going to answer that that is what I would have said. <laughs> um yeah so but I'm I'm saying so I'm saying no I like this question I'm fine with this no, question okay yes yeah, a hamburger no, I knew you would like this a I hamburger is like definitely a sandwich a hamburger oh, it is 100 percent a sandwich. I, it oh. is. Do you not think so? Um. Well, God, I just feel like when we talk about sandwiches with you, I always have to defer to the expert. But no. But this is not really talking about sandwiches. We're talking about like linguistics or whatever, right? Like word origins. Is right, a hamburger right. a piece of meat between two pieces of bread? Is that is that not a sandwich? I feel like that is the definition of a sandwich. Right. That is like the definition of a sandwich. Technically, but in uh, in practice, it is probably not what most people would consider a sandwich. Um, because when you think of the word, when you think of a sandwich and you picture it, you don't picture a hamburger. That's true. But what do you picture? You picture different kind of bread and different kind of meat. Um, so you're, but, but then is a, <clears throat> you don't picture a chicken parm hero either right uh, um you I don't mean, necessarily you could you if could. that's your favorite sandwich you could because then, it's like on a long sub roll or whatever right um so you're saying that because a hamburger's on a bun that makes it not a sandwich no i'm saying that technically yes it is a sandwich by definition of the word but in practice it is not what people would consider a sandwich that's fair right and and yes. this is this is something that has come up this is so in like a very early phase of Ted Quarters, my old blog, um, I started tackling whether things are sandwiches. That right. was like before I really I think it even became a whole big thing on the internet. I I would say like I had sandwich of the week and then I had sandwich of the week, which was like the the where instead of reviewing the item, I debated whether or not they were a sandwich. Uh, to me, a hamburger is a sandwich all day. Uh, a, a frequent commenter argued with me in that post that if you said, hey, like, hey, I'm coming to my friend's house and I'm bringing over some sandwiches and you showed up with a bunch of hamburgers, people would be like, hey, wait, that's weird, right? Because yes. you said sandwiches. Yes. Exactly. And that I agree with. That's true. But I don't yes. think that makes a hamburger not a sandwich. I think that makes you some a bad communicator, right? I think that, yeah, you know, like, because it's a variety of sandwich because if you said, hey, I'm well, bringing... Hey, I'm bringing yeah, sandwiches, okay. and you showed up with a bunch of French dips, which is also a type of, of sandwich. People would still be like, okay, yeah, like that is a sandwich, but that's not the sandwich I expected. Well, here's the thing, right? Language has kind of agreed upon definitions that might not match to what the literal definition is, right? And I feel like sandwiches is one of those words where, yes, technically a hamburger is a sandwich, but in most cases, you know, people are not going to people aren't going to go immediately to hamburgers. It's like, OK, well, technically it's a sandwich. Right. But that's how language works, is that it works in the sense of agreed upon definitions between people, regardless of what the literal definition is. But wouldn't you say if describing a hamburger that it is a type of sandwich? No, I wouldn't. I would say a hamburger is meat on a bun. I wouldn't I would the word sandwich wouldn't even enter into the conversation because it means something totally different. Huh. See, I would say that 
Yes, while you would not necessarily describe uh, all hamburg like you would not say hamburgers are sandwiches straight up like to as the as interchangeable words i would put hamburger under the umbrella of sandwiches and so if i was describing hamburger uh, to someone yeah, okay. i would say this is a, it's a type of sandwich like if you're doing like ta- mm. if you were got taboo and you got <sighs> the word hamburger and you do you ever play the game taboo I, I yeah i've totally played it and y- i and you know your like point totally beef I and bun Beef, bun, McDonald's are all on that card that you can't say, right? right. So I would probably say, well, it's a type of sandwich. It's no. made of ground cow, see, right? See, the, yeah. the minute you say sandwich, though, people aren't gonna. People are gonna immediately take hamburger off the table because sandwich means something totally different. Well, to... those people can't be on my taboo <laughs> team. All right. Well, I take it back. I I will say that this question has actually sparked a. More interesting debate about language See? than I anticipated. <laughs> See, um, Susan at Susan at Amara thirty one. Susan Mitchell wants to know. Um, she asks specifically, but it's an interesting idea. Should Cespedes, Jonas Cespedes, Mets outfielder, be fined every time he lazy asses a ball in the outfield? <laughs> um, uh, you know, like I. No. Yeah. You. I mean, you're the baseball guy, but no. I say. So like, look, I've I've noticed there are definitely times when Cespedes isn't sprinting at the baseball, and I can understand being rubbed the wrong way by that. Like you know, mm-hmm. like if you're watching the game, even and like the Mets are terrible this year, and they're not going to win anything, and you do still kind of want to see guys at least like running hard and showing that they're they're going for it. But I would say that most of the time you see Cespedes do that, it's because he knows the outcome of the play. Like if it's a double and it's a sure double and he sprints to the ball and it's a double or he jogs to the ball and it's a double, he knows the guy's not going to try running to third on his arm. And why are you going to sprint if you can just jog? And I think in his case, especially like he's been dealing with lower body and leg issues all season long and dating back to last season even. Uh, So I would tend to, I always tend to side with the athlete in in those things um Mm -hmm. you know unless you have like i think evidence that a a guy's uh hesitance to go all out is costing your team i think you kind of have to say like the athlete knows his body best and if it's his time to jog let him jog like robinson cano is is the big one in baseball who always gets killed and and there every time you write something positive about robinson cano online people will just come up out of the woodwork and email you and tell you how lazy he is and how he disrespects the game i mean if you look at i mean first of all robinson cano is a future hall of famer and robinson cano i made this point before he plays 160 games a year he plays way more than a lot of guys who you know we picture as like gritty hustlers who who love to play and mm-hmm. want to win and so to me if Cano not sprinting to first base on every weak ground out to second means uh, it's not, I don't know, aesthetically pleasing. Even if it means, you know, one time per season he doesn't reach base on error when he otherwise might have, I I think that's part of what allows him to play so often. And ultimately you're not 
watching him play because of whether or not he hustles down to first on a, on a ground out. You're watching because he's going to hit home runs and doubles and, and be an elite defensive second baseman and all the other different things that, that make him a Hall of Famer. So, uh, and it's not hustling on grounders. That's not the difference maker there. So uh, I tend to just say, like, well, this guy needs to ease up a little bit every once in a while. You know what? Like, baseball's hard. He, I can't do it. So if that's what he needs to do, like, go to town, man. I completely agree with you. I think that the season is also so incredibly long, right? They play 162 it, it, games in 189 they, they days. Play, they play so many games, and they're out there for so freaking long. It is impossible to maintain that level of intensity for every single time that you're there. Uh, I see it, and you you know, people will argue the same thing in hockey, right? The games are a lot shorter, even though they still have, like, 82 games um, and you still see guys kind of uh, just run out of gas, like on power plays and things like that, where if that's what they need to do, that's unfortunately like where their bodies are at right now. So Right. I would say like gotta... probably the physical toll of hockey, uh, 82 <clears throat> games over the course of the season is like as great, if not greater of playing like hockey every other night is probably just as hard on you as baseball every night. Right. At least. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. You're out on the ice for a lot less, but you're just using way more energy. I mean, because you're constantly move like I, I mean, you know, constantly like, moving, constantly getting getting hit. Yes. On a baseball field, for the most part, you're just kind of standing and like I can stand, but I can't really skate, you know. <laughs> um, so that's my barometer It's like I can't I can't even do like the fundamental thing that they have to do in hockey. <laughs> no, I, I couldn't do all of that. All that coordination is, is beyond me. Um, can are, can you skate? Have you, have you skated? Have you ever skated? I No, I've been on the ice, like ice skating possibly three, four times in my life. Have you only lived uh, in warmish places your life? Uh, yeah, warmish. I've never, this is the, the furthest uh, northeast that we've been. So, so Washington, okay. D.C. Yeah. Huh. And there's yeah, not no. there's not like ponds you can skate on in DC, right? Like there's nothing that freezes that no. long. Yeah. No, there's nothing that freezes that long and I mean we live in the middle of the suburbs, right? This isn't Canada. We don't there's no backyard rinks around here. Uh you um, know it's a you know it's a dope place and like I don't cuz my, my my wife is into I don't know if she's into the uh, like skating so much as the idea of skating. So like mm-hmm. she always wants to go ice skating. Like that's and that's like I don't know, it always hurts my back and my legs and like I like I can stay upright, but it's just like why are we just going around in circles ice skating when we could just I would rather just walk laps around the perimeter of the I, ice skating rink, you know? Every time, not every time that I've been ice skating, but it's like ice skating is a very good date activity. You know, right, I think right. that, yeah, as a married person, you maybe are over the whole ice skating thing. I think it's a good date activity. Well, yeah, because like then someone falls down and that's funny and it's like something to talk about and there's like something you can focus on besides right. your conversation if right. you need you to. Right, you don't have to yeah. be, yeah. So um, it's a very good, uh, it's a good date activity. I've I buy that. Like, a handful of times. And, and I, I enjoy, I mean, and I enjoy going on dates with my wife still, you know, it's not, it, but, um, I just, that's like one she rarely convinces me to do is go skating. But what I was going to say in Chicago, in, I think it's the same park with that bean, you know, the bean in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's the same park with that thing. Uh, one of the big parks in downtown Chicago has like, instead of a big like hockey rink, 
which most of the, most of the uh, the skating rinks you see are basically like hockey rink shaped right. things that you just sort of mm-hmm. skate around the outside. Theirs is like more like a lazy river situation. Oh, so that's cool. It like goes like it does like a big loop around this park, and there's stuff going on in the middle, but you're sort of around the outside, um, and it's a little bit more. There's more to see, really, as you're skating, and, like, it's just one path rather than just, like, the empty ice in the middle. I think that's very cool. I think it's very cool. That way. And also yeah. free, which is dope. Um, oh, that's like, very Free dope, to use. But... You, you have to pay for uh, skate rental, but it was super cheap. Couldn't recommend that enough. If you, for whatever godforsaken reason, you find yourself in Chicago in the winter, you might as oh. well enjoy ice skating. I will I'll keep that on the list. Uh, fantastic. That's all of the questions we have. Do you have any other more items of business you need to cover? No, I think we're good. Uh, I think that we've answered, we've done a thorough job. And if anybody has more questions about how to prep for our inevitable nuclear holocaust, they should give me a shout out on Twitter. Um, yeah, I well, I have actually a ton of questions that I can follow up with you uh, on offline. Uh, do you, do you, are you already, like, the main thing I want to know is, do you already have MREs? We don't have MREs, okay. but we are, I'm not going to lie, I have priced them out. <laughs> all right, all right, so you're, so you're there, you're almost there, all right. Um, I'm almost there, I just well, need a little bit, I just need a tiny nudge. Um, for as long as the world lasts and the internet is up, and you have a, a computer and a heartbeat and everything else, you can you can check out the For the Win podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, etc. Rate us, review us, please. Uh, send us emails. Get to us at, at For the Win. We're on Facebook, Twitter, everything you can imagine. It all matters for the time being uh, before the apocalypse. So please get at us. Let us know how we're doing before uh, the fiery hellscape comes and takes the For the Win podcast away. Hemel, uh, as always, and hopefully for not the last time, uh, it has been great talking. It's been awesome. Thanks, Ted. Peace out.